Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you today. Today, I'll be breaking down this week's prospect alert, answering some questions on your turn to talk, and a little bit more. Man, we're going to throw a little bit more in there for you guys. But before we get to that, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember, follow the Fire Podcast on all social media and platforms at the Fire Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefirepodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right, all right, all right. Um, welcome to episode 49 of the Fire Podcast. It is a beautiful what is this? Friday night, Saturday morning here in Chicago. Um, man, it's been it's been good, man. Good MMA week, man. It's been fun looking at all of the buildup for UFC 230. Um, watching DC and uh <laughs> and Derek Lewis kind of just jab back and forth, talking trash, having fun. Um and I can't lie, I'm even looking forward to watching Chris Weidman. I was never a huge fan of the dude, but uh something about I don't know, maybe it's the beard, maybe it's the attitude that you know he knows he's lost, so he's not as arrogant as he used to be. Whatever it is, I'm excited to see what he has to bring to the table. So that should be dope, man. So all in all, that card's exciting. Um, This evening, even Glory Kickboxing had a great card right there. Madison Square Garden as well. Um, Headlined by Sittishai Sipsung Pinong um, against Josh Johnson. Uh, If you guys aren't into kickboxing, Glory is a great place to start. Um, you can see a lot of the events on ESPN Plus, and you can see a lot of the events also on the um, Fight Pass, UFC Fight Pass uh, app as well. So I'm telling you, man, it's great kickboxing for those. I have no idea, honestly, why it hasn't caught on as much uh, in the States as it has in Europe, because everything we com- we complain about with MMA and you hear people bitching about consistently. You see people on the ground. They're like, oh, man, you're crying about like they're wrestling. People are talking about all they're doing is holding them down. 
So we can consistently complain about the grappling. But nobody wants to watch kickboxing. And it's all the best aspects of MMA. You have the kicks, the punches, the elbows, everything. So I don't understand why it's not as popular. Maybe we just don't have enough quality American kickboxers. But look, man, I digress. Regardless, Glory Kickboxing is dope. Uh, Bellator also has a really, really dope kickboxing um, uh, part of their organization as well. So, But um, all in all, that fight also going back to glory is this weekend it's actually tonight it was tonight i'll be breaking that down in our next episode when i also break down ufc 230 and i'll give the results and everything there but that's also in madison square garden so new york yo this is crazy you have two amazing events back-to-back night, man. Tonight, New York is definitely, or should I say this weekend, New York is the fight capital of the world, hands down, man. Um, that should be super exciting. Uh, today, it was also UFC 232's press conference. We finally, after, what, a year and a half, we're able to see um, John Jones so John Jones and Alexander Gustafson are facing off, and so are Amanda Nunes and Chris Cyborg in the uh, December event. Uh, so that's about a month and a half away, actually. So, look, it was interesting actually looking at John. You know, not seeing him in a while, and um, this dude is almost a mythical character, right? He's always in trouble, but when he actually competes, he's destroying the best guys in the world. And it seems like he's not even trying. But dude, you forget how corny Buddy is on a mic. <laughs> he went out there and and he was trying to like throw some jabs and everything. And I'm actually about to pull up a, a, a couple clips for you because you know what? A couple things he said, I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad at it. And I also like how he's kind of, to an extent, embracing that like bad guy role. So right after the press conference, he was able to talk to uh, Ari Hawani, and this is what he actually said. I don't know what happened. We were just having fun. Who initiated it? I would say I did. Okay. I tried to step in front of him. Yeah. And uh, he stepped in front of me, and I was just like, you know what? We're in New York. Let's give the fans some excitement. So I shoved him. Did he say anything to you? He said, is that all you got? After the show. After the show, yeah. It got a little physical. What happened there? Get physical. So after the press conference or when they were finally doing their face-offs, John Jones and Gus got in each other's face. It was a little push. It seemed like it was just, it really was just for the show. But look, John seems like he's embracing that bad guy role. And I dig it, all right? So... I've stated before how I feel about like John and kind of what he's been doing with the sport, but it's kind of interesting to see how John actually thinks about his past transgressions, his, you know, suspensions and all these other things. And um, when people were talking about how Derek Lewis's antics and his, you know, his demeanor is in comparison to John. This is actually what John had to say about that. I say that, man. He's hilarious. My balls are hot. That's great. That's classic. I think, I think, like, I'm a PR nightmare, right? If I were to say my balls were hot 
it just wouldn't have gone over the same way. It was like, fuck that guy. But he pulled it off and it's become a sensation. I, I love it. I'm so confused with, with PR and all this shit. It's just not my thing. Um, I, I would prefer my balls are hot over some of your PR night. Yeah. winning the fight. This is very fast. Uh, for you know his frame, you wouldn't assume that he's fast, but he's he's quick. Um, and and so that's just also um, John picking you know uh, the the fight as well afterwards. But you know what? It's interesting to see he's actually acknowledging it. And honestly, I think a lot more people will mess with John if he actually just embrace that he's not this kind of goody two-shoes dude the more he does that i think he gets he earns more respect from people so i mean he has a long way to go obviously but i can't lie i am interested in uh that fight now he was also asked about what he felt about fighting daniel cormier he said he's not really interested in that fight reason he's not really interested in that fight is because look he's beat the dude twice and why would he fight him at heavyweight where DC is arguably better? I, I can't be mad at that either. So we'll see what ends up happening. Gus seems, you know, very confident looking at both of those those guys in the face off, even before they got to pushing and shoving a little bit. Gus looks confident and he also looks really big. You almost forget how big he is. John usually towers over his opponents. And Gus seemed like he was almost looming over John. So it was really, really interesting to see, man. Um, I can't wait to see that fight. Also on that card, which I'm so excited to see, is, in my opinion, the greatest female fighter of all time, Chris Cyborg, against possibly the second greatest female fighter of all time, Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is moving up in weight to challenge Chris Cyborg for a 145-pound ship. It should be entertaining. And it seems like, honestly, yo, there's no love lost between the ladies. They were jawing back and forth. They were arguing with one another. Um, they asked Chris, what she thinks is going to happen. And Chris pretty much said, hey, at the end of the day, she tends to get tired and she breaks under pressure. She's like, well, I'm going to be that pressure. So, man, it seems like they're getting a little spicy in their conversation. And uh, the more they do that, it's going to be great because I think DC and I mean, should I should say uh, Gus and Jones are going to sell the fight. I think that the ladies are about to sell it. Also, this, as long as everyone stays healthy and doesn't get suspended on some nonsense, should be one of the more entertaining cards of the year. And honestly, a great way that the UFC will finish up the year heading into 2019 when they have the uh, ESPN deal. So that should be dope, man. I, I'm really uh Looking forward to seeing what's going to end up happening with that. Um, all right. Moving right along. Prospect alert. Prospect alert is where we go ahead and show love to up and coming prospects who have the skills and the talent, but might not be those household names just yet. So this week, I want to go ahead and highlight one championship. Strawweight champ, Angela Unstoppable Lee. 
with a 9-0 record. She has six submissions, one knockout, and yo, she's only 22 years old. She's defended her belt multiple times for one of the premier MMA combat sports organizations in the world. And she's only 22 years old, man. Um, Angela Lee is fighting out of Hawaii um, and uh, and Singapore as well. I think she lives in both. Uh, she's already, like I said, a four-time world champ. And check this out. Most times, when I say prospect alert, I'm not talking about somebody who's, you know, already has championship belts. But Angela Lee is somebody who's had her entire career in one of the best organizations in the world. So, not only is she one of the best strawweights in the world, she's beat legitimate strawweights. She's beaten ladies like Estela Nunes, Jenny Huang, and Mei Yamaguchi. And she beat her twice. And if you guys don't know Mei Yamaguchi, she is nasty. She has almost, what, 40 fights in her career? I mean, do you see somebody who is legendary in the sport? But all right, so go. let's go ahead and talk about her stand-up first. I'll be honest, Lee is still improving in her stand-up. But once she gets loose and once she actually starts flowing, she can be super effective with her output. At range, she does throw a really, really, really good team kick to the body. And she uses it a whole lot. She uses it to set up range to affect her opponent's cardio, kind of like kind of like Conor McGregor does. Like she'll sit back, use her movement, movement, set up range so she can honestly set up her hands, but at the same token, she's somewhat hurting her opponent. So that really works well for her. But most of her damage is actually done in the clinch. She when she's in there, she does work. Um, she unleashes a lot of elbows, short elbows, short knees. She actually utilizes trips better than most I've seen, especially in that weight class. She's really quick. She has great hips and when she, and she's explosive as well. So that's one of her strengths. So, and honestly, she's really strong. Um, she does want to close the distance more. So she can really start letting her kicks go and knees go. But once she does and she's in the clinch, she does an amazing job of actually controlling her opponent, using her knees to dictate the pace, as well as, you know, just unleashing some really, really nice combinations. Um, she doesn't just focus on, you know, just the head or the body. She's not a headhunter. She really mixes it up well once she's in there. And that's what I that's what I meant in the beginning. Once she actually starts flowing, dude, she's legit. I mean, seriously, I think she can legitimately compete with anyone in the world in her weight class regardless of organization i don't care if it's invicta i don't care if it's the ufc i don't care if it's bellator she's that good and here's the thing her striking isn't even her advantage her advantage is all in her grappling think of it seven of her nine wins come from submission she's 
she's aggressive in her grappling is something that I really appreciate in a grappler. She's constantly searching for submission. So she's not one of those athletes who just lays and prays. And I don't ever give respect or actually, you know, no one wants to watch that. That's what's so, for instance, impressive about Khabib. Even though he's a grappler, he's trying to beat you up the entire time. He's exhausting you. He's wearing on you. He's dragging on you. He's not just laying on you. And I think that's why a lot of people in turn don't like athletes like Damian Maya. Damian Maya, as great as he is, he's not entertaining. Angela Lee is entertaining. Once she has her opponents down, she's attacking. She's constantly attacking. She's constantly looking for submissions. And um, that's what she's better at than anyone in her weight class in the world. Now, where does she have holes in her game? Can she be beaten? A man, of course. Um, she's been dropped before. So obviously, if you have a great striker like a Joanna and Jacek, she's going to be in trouble. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to stunt. She's going to be in trouble. Uh, but she's a very resilient. She was able to get back up quickly when that did happen. And one thing she does, if she's taken down in a fight, let's say she has to fight somebody like a Jessica Andrade, she takes advantage of mistakes. She's great with her sweeps. She's great at getting separation when she's from the bottom. So the more she progresses in her stand-up, the better she's going to be. She actually has really good footwork. She moves well in and out, and that's why she ends up having such effective striking. But look, man, Angeli isn't just a process. She's currently one of the best young fighters in the world. In her weight class, regardless of organization, so give it up for episode 49's Prospect Alert, Angela Unstoppable Lee. Uh, I'm really excited to see what is in store for her, especially with one getting the American Network dealers coming up and how they're going to have a larger presence with the American market. So I really can't wait to see what's going to happen with that. All right, moving right along. Really quick, I wanted to go ahead and answer some questions this week from you guys on your turn to talk. I actually had some really interesting um, questions that came through. And this question came from at K-K-O. And he asked who, and I really love this question. And I can't lie, man. I actually had to do a little research uh, after I saw it. And um, I think this is one of the best possible scenarios that this happens. So who would you want in an eight-man, 165-pound tournament for a belt in the UFC. So everyone's been talking about possible 165-pound division, 175, you know, 155 like that. So if they were to go ahead and say, this is what we're going to do, 2019, we're doing a 165-pound tournament. We're going to have a, t- a top eight. Who is it going to be? Who's it going to be, Right. So, man, I thought about it. I had to check out who's the top 10 in the 155-pound weight class, who's big for the weight class. 
who's rated, you know, uh, welterweight, who's kind of a tweener. So this is my list. This is who I came up with, right? One side of the bracket. I went ahead and split it up into the bracket. One side of the bracket, my, the number one seed is going to be none other than George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre is going to be my number one seed. He's going to go. He's, he, he's been walking around lighter than he's ever walked around. People thought he was going to go ahead and fight Connor to try to get a 165-pound chip, 155-pound chip. That probably wasn't as realistic, but a buck 65 is. So 100%, he's going for his legacy. He'll come back for that and for that legacy. GSP is my number one seed. He'll fight the number eight seed, none other than Nate Diaz. I thought this would be a great matchup in the first round because we already had the history with GSP versus Nick Diaz. This would be a great um, story, and I think they could really sell this. I would love GSP, Nate Diaz, number one versus number eight seed first round. All right. On the other side of the bracket, my number two versus my number seven. So my number seven seed is none other than one of my favorite fighters ever, Jorge Masvidal. Verse, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world today, UFC's 155-pound champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov. So that would be my other side of the bracket. Number two versus number seven, it would be Khabib versus Jorge. I think this would be a tough matchup. I think tougher than people think it would be. Jorge trains at American Top Team with Kobe Covington and a lot of other guys. I think he has great wrestling defense. And even though he was able to be taken down by a uh, Damian Maya, who's huge for the weight class, I think knowing the and learning from that defeat, I think he'd actually really do well. So I'd love to see that matchup. Could be worse, Jorge. All right. All back on the other side, my number three versus my number six would be Ben Askren coming over from one championship. His first fight in the UFC, if they did this, I think should be against the former UFC 155-pound champion, RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos. I think that would be a great uh, also matchup in the first round, Ben Askren versus RDA. We know what Ben Askren has. Well, we don't know what Ben Askren has for us, right? Ben Askren's coming over from one. Nobody really knows what he has in store. But we know what RDA is. RDA is one of the most well-rounded fighters ever. He is arguably the greatest 155-pound lightweight champion of all time. It's, It's debatable. It's literally debatable. So... That will be my next matchup. All right. After that, the number four versus number five seed has to be Kevin Lee. My number four seed versus my number five, Dustin Poirier. Yo, that is a matchup that I would love to see. Two guys who are in their prime. Sub 30 years old. Physical prime, both of them have been streaking to the top. They, they're definitely on a collision course at 155 pounds. And they are both guys who are huge for the weight class. They would be better at 165 pounds. 
What better matchup in the first round to see Dustin Poirier versus Kevin Lee? All those fights in the first round be fire. And no matter who wins those matchups, the storyline for the second round is still incredible. That final four, the semis would be incredible. And I'd finish off, I'd have an alternate bout just in case. They had to have an alternate would be uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Mike Perry. I think that'd be two guys really entertaining who'd be ready to go out there and, you know, wreck shop. So I would love that. I think that, yo, uh, at Key O or Key Zero, I think that's a great question. Thank you for that. You really actually made me think about that one. Um, I hope that the UFC actually goes ahead and actually is smart about this. Does the um, the 165-pound weight class, but not only that, take a page out of what Bellator is doing. Those tournaments work. People love tournaments. People love storylines. I think this is something that the UFC should 100% do. All right, next question at Dad Bod X asked, given the deal made between one and UFC, do you think that there will ever be unification belts? To be honest, I don't know. I think it opens up the possibility for that actually happening, though. Because I'm be honest with you, if they're able to trade fighters back and forth, I don't think there would be anything wrong with them saying, all right, at the end of the year, the New Year's Eve show, we take all the champions from all the organizations and they fight each other in the big Super Bowl show of the year. Yo, that would be crazy. With the contracts and stuff, I don't know if that will ever happen. But I'm telling you, we could dream, right? I'm definitely dreaming for that. I think that'd be incredible. So um, is it a possibility? Yes. Is it probable? Mm, I don't know. All right. Uh, last question I have for today. At JDZ asked, can Anthony Smith actually give John Jones or Gus any problems? Hell yeah. Dude is dope. He's durable he can take a beating he has heart he has more experience than both of those guys he's been in there with some great guys but again he just has fight experience he has almost double the fights he's active he's far more active than both of those guys have been and he's powerful and explosive and hungry and we can argue he hasn't had to deal with as much damage as John Jones and Gustafson definitely have after the last you know, few years. So I think um, Anthony Smith causes a lot of trouble for that 205-pound weight class, 205-pound weight class. And he could be the life that that weight class actually needs to really get back to being the prominent weight class in MMA. Good questions, man. Thank you for everybody who has submitted those questions. Um, make sure you go on the way, uh, the fight podcast uh, on our IG page and submit questions, man. Shoot me a line. I'll answer them online. And uh, questions, comments, concerns, I appreciate them all.
All right, good people. This is Serge Vicente. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 49 of the Fight Podcast. Make sure you go ahead and check out the Fight Podcast on all social media networks. Make sure you check me out on all social media networks as well. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. All right. Thank you guys again. I will see you right here next time on the Fight Podcast. Remember, this weekend, there is glory kickboxing. There's the big UFC 230. I will be back to go ahead and break UFC 230 and glory kickboxing down first thing in the week. So I will see you right back here on the Fight Podcast.